Yeah, this one's about social media, Doc. Uh, TikTok is rolling out new resources to support the well-being of its hundreds of millions of users, most of whom are teens and young adults. <laughs> the resources include in-app guides that address topics such as signs of struggling, steps to create a connection, um, advice about eating and body concerns with an aim towards helping people who are dealing with mental health issues. So, Doc, how effective are these in-app guides when it comes to helping someone deal with mental health issues? Wait, this is TikTok? I haven't seen it. I've been using TikTok. <laughs> you know, all of this is new, but it's actually a welcome introduction as more and more of us, especially teens and JD, are engaged <laughs> on social media apps like TikTok and, you know, look to them as ways to relieve their mental health issues like loneliness and stress and depression and anxiety. It's great that TikTok is incorporating resources mm. to provide guidance and advice on all of these common signs and symptoms, but it's Definitely not a standalone mm. and often just complementary to mainstream treatments. I think it already happens, you know, with Google search when there are sensitive topics that are typed out or listed, there are pop ups of support like a little warning. Helplines. Yeah. 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 And then the helpline suddenly appear. Mm. However, on the other hand, some of these trigger warnings for some people might make them put trauma into their identity rather than viewing the triggering content mm -hmm. as something to process to become healthier. And I've seen this in some my patients who highlight and focus on the trauma issues rather than the recovery and you know end up in the loop of being a victim position sort of thing i mean it is a great step towards normalizing mental health but why is it important to not rely on an app 100 and still sort of discuss issues with the, either a psychologist or a psychiatrist well tiktok itself states that their platform is not a substitute for direct mental health care at the bottom of its well-being guide it states that the guides are for informational and educational purposes only and aren't intended to provide mental health or medical services. So basically, it's complementary, you know, to mainstream treatment with the psychologist or psychiatrist. I mean, it's pretty much similar to adding exercise to your antidepressant treatment. It's, however, important to realize that the difference between mental health and mental illness, you know, in mental health problems, which can affect anybody, well-being guides are useful and they can, you know, maybe help you make some lifestyle changes. But when it's a mental disorder, there are neuro chemical changes that require more evidence-based treatment and then add on with other complementary approaches. Let's talk about breakup stock. I mean, it's completely normal for the end of the relationship to have a profound effect on mental health, but it's tough to know who feels the loss more strongly. A recently published study in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships found that men were more likely to seek help with breakups on Reddit, usually in breakup-specific subreddits like r slash breakups. Why are men more likely than women to seek help on the internet uh, regarding relationships? Well, this new study by psychologists suggests that the age-old stereotype of men being less emotionally invested in relationships than women <laughs> perhaps isn't true. I mean, it appears that men in heterosexual relationships... We have feelings too, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, they... you feel hot and cold, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they feel maybe just about the same amount of pain that women do mm. following a breakup and are most likely to discuss their heartbreak. So, you know, the study actually analyzed the demographic and psychological characteristics after users post their relationship problems to this anonymous online forum on mm. Reddit and results showed that communication problems was the most frequent problem mentioned with nearly one in five mm. reportedly you know discussed uh, 
finding difficulty in discussing problems, and then one in eight having you know trust issues in their relationship. The fact that the heartache theme was more commonly discussed by men shows that they are at least as emotionally affected by relationship problems as women. But there are a few causes why this perhaps is happening. I mean, one is men are more prone to being shocked, and the greater the shock of the loss, the longer it takes to recover. Mm-hmm. The other is preparation and cognizance or understanding of where the relationship seems to be at that certain time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a little poor in men compared to women. So it appears women may be more prepared than men are for that breakup. And finally, which may be a bit harsh, mm-hmm. is that men often struggle with accepting responsibility for their part in the breakup. Instead, seeing you know her leaving as an unfair decision, and they did not deserve that. Right. I might just take the clip of the recording of what you just said and uh, <laughs> keep it in my phone. <laughs> Make you feel happy, Asha. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I was on a serious note. That was just me joking. But on a serious <laughs> note, like. I mean, how detrimental are the effects of a breakup on an individual's mental health? Well, breakups can take a serious toll on your well-being. Not only can they, the end of a relationship lead to you know major life changes like in finances and living situations, but breakup can create a great deal of emotional turmoil. But some splits are maybe easier than others. You might be able to let go and move on fairly quickly. In other cases, you might feel angry, bitter, and sad and heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Some may experience adjustment disorder, which is you know an emotional or behavior reaction to a stressful event or a change in a person's life, which can be associated with depressive or anxiety symptoms. Talking about rugby here, former professional rugby players are more likely to show signs of depression, anxiety and irritability compared to amateur rugby players and non-contact athletes, according to new research led by Durham University. The retired elite rugby players in the study suffered more concussions during their playing days than those in other groups. And the researchers say this could be linked to their poor mental health later on in life. Doc, how does the concussion lead to mental health issues like depression and anxiety? Well, mental health disorders like depression and anxiety are actually common after a concussion or head injury. And it's actually often difficult to know the real cause. This is because it can be due to the trauma that caused injury mm. or due to negative outcomes that resulted from the injury. So for example, symptoms like increased irritability, intolerance, impatience, and mood swings can be related to the impact of the injury on the brain itself. But it can also be a reaction to the difficulties in managing you know, stimulation and daily activities, especially in the early days after injury, or even disabilities like constant headache giddiness or memory problems. So in addition, symptoms can sometimes cause you know, other symptoms. For example, if a person is having persistent sleep difficulties and pain, that can itself cause or lead them to de- develop depression and anxiety. How do concussions themselves though affect the mind of a person in the long run, Doc? Well, some symptoms of a concussion develop you know, hours or days after the traumatic brain injury. And these are typically trouble concentrating memory problems, irritability and personality changes, sensitivity, extra sensitivity to light, noise, sleep disturbances, even depression and other psychological problems. But the long-term effects are typically not so common. In fact, most people see symptoms result within a few weeks up to about six months only about 20 percent might suffer from post-concussion syndrome where they continue to experience symptoms even after six months but the more concussions you get the more likely you are to suffer long-term consequences especially if you don't give your brain enough time to heal between injuries you know and this can happen in professional rugby players we're getting back as early as possible to the game may take precedence over adequate recovery time
New findings published in Frontiers in Psychology provide preliminary evidence that mantra meditation has a more positive impact when combined with other practices such as yoga. In the study, 42 healthy participants with no regular yoga or meditation practice were randomly assigned to one of four groups. Mantra meditation by itself, mantra meditation plus physical yoga, meditation plus ethical education, and meditation plus yoga and ethical ed- education. How does combining meditation with yoga enhance the relationship? Relaxing effect. Well, well, for many people, the stillness of a seated meditation practice can actually trigger anxiety, which is why mm-hmm. combining yes. it with what is uh, too calm. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, your mind's uh, you know in a tangent. Right, right. So that's why combining it with physical practice like yoga can perhaps be beneficial. The most popular form of meditation is actually mindfulness, which you know typically includes sitting, tuning into your breathing, and bringing awareness to the sensations, emotions, and thoughts of the present mm. moment without dwelling on the future or past. Yoga, which at its core is breathing work, is related to physical postures and has shown mind and body benefits. So this is basically moving meditation, which I guess can be incorporated into not only yoga, but into brisk walk or Mm -hmm. aerobic type of exercise. So, you know, one simple measure is to include a mantra into the movement. And basically a mantra is a word or a phrase that you repeat often in your head during meditation. So, you know, example is while doing yoga or going for a walk, just keep repeating, I'm content in this moment, or, you know, I am Mm. not my emotions, or even I have everything I need, you know? I find yoga very, very peace-inducing, but that's for one particular reason, because I'm so uncoordinated that I have to focus so hard on not falling over, Mm. that it helps me get that zen mode. That's actually good, because you're it focuses your mind again, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. exactly. But yeah. the, even in the study, researchers found that some reacted negatively to meditation. What could have caused the adverse reaction? Well, actually, there's still a lack of data about the possible unwanted effects. Mm. But in a study in Spain, it was found that about 25% reported unwanted effects. And most of these effects were transitory. They were brief and did not lead to, you know, discontinuing meditation practice or the need for medical assistance. The most common were anxiety symptoms, panic attacks, lack of motivation, hypomania or depressive symptoms. But they de- they seem to be dependent on, you know, the frequency and the duration. So, you know, if you're overdoing something, mm. you're going to maybe trigger more, mm. you know. Um, you're stressing stress- yourself out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about shrooms, Doc. Mushrooms (laughs) have been making headlines due to their many health advantages. Not only do they lower one's risk of cancer and premature death, but new research led by Penn State College of Medicine also reveals that these superfoods may benefit a person's mental health. Now, Doc, we're talking about regular mushrooms here. How (laughs) accurate is this research about, you know, the benefits uh, towards a person's mental health? Well, mushrooms are beneficial with many different physical and psychological conditions. They contain minerals like potassium and also this amino acid called ergotheronine, which can really lower the risk of anxiety and depression. Ergotheronine is powerful antioxidant, which is actually in high levels in mushroom and usually only obtained through dietary sources. And mushrooms are the largest dietary source of it. So having high levels of this ergotheronine in the body can actually prevent, you know, the oxidative stress, which is known to play a role in, you know, development of the various psychiatric disorders like depression and anxiety. But also mushrooms can contain other substances like vitamin B12 and nerve growth factor, vitamin D and anti-inflammatory agents. So all of that has also been linked to reduced anxiety as well. 
Well, we know and, and, you know, believe also that sometimes medication is the best for us. But in your experience as a psychiatrist, can eating certain foods like a lot of mushrooms make a difference in mental health more so than medication? Well, again, there is no evidence that just foods alone can be a standalone treatment for mental disorders. So, if, you know, if you take that analogy that I discussed earlier, this mental health and mental disorders, I guess if we want to, you know, work on our positive mental health, yeah, you can perhaps, you know, look at your diet and try, try and make some changes in that. But if it's a mental disorder, it has to be a combination with mainstream treatment and medication as well. Of course, you know, there, there may be significant deficiencies and correcting this can be beneficial. So in my assessment, sometimes when I see patients, I would like to do a baseline of their vitamin B12 levels, their vitamin D levels, and sometimes correcting that can support and help in their treatment as well. Typically, my advice for diet management to help with recovery and anxiety and depression is number one, eat a balanced diet not mm. skip meals but don't overeat mm -hmm. and of course cut down on carbs and processed foods increase vegetables and fruit which are actually rich in the building blocks for nerve cell regrowth cut down on caffeine like what jd does yeah and, man you know, yeah <laughs> of course, and alcohol and red meat. Supplements like B-complex, omega-3, fish oil, and folic acid are also beneficial. But don't go beyond, you know, RDA, recommended dietary allowances, which is, you know, the levels judged by Food and Nutrition Board to be adequate to meet the known nutrient needs of the healthy person. Right.